You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe, which simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We say, we pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Timeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We pour this libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We pour this libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We pour this libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on TimeForAnAwakening.com and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family, hope everything was well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good weekend. Hope you're going to get a chance to all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping, too, that, uh, you know, the weather being what it is, it's hot. <laughs> Everywhere, I mean, this country, uh, or the United States, no, this country, the, the, the continent, 
so-called North America. Fires in Canada causing all kinds of respiratory issues in the northern cities. Uh, extreme hot out. In fact, even in the northwest, in Seattle, it's going to be excruciating hot as well as, of course, all throughout the west and here now in the southeast. So, that being said, yeah, <laughs> that being said, do the best you can. If it has to get done, I know you'll get it done, so do that. Get it done. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. Top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Uh, click on that, and the drop-down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other program we have here on Time for an Awakening, of course, this program is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then on Fridays, which is today, it's 8 p.m. Time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard at 8 p.m. Time for an awakening. And on Sunday at 7 p.m., once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We buy black the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses. It's WeBuyBlack.com. Oh, that's what I didn't do. <laughs> I knew there was something I had forgot to do. <laughs> I didn't put the uh, other announcements that I usually make, you know, like um, Africa for the Africans and, you know, uh, Habashah. And, and and of course, last weekend was Habashal. And I've seen some pictures of it. It looked really great. Mama Marimba was there. Beautiful pictures of, of the ongoings with Habashal, corporate.org. And also to um, Bibi Atumi. Bibi Atumi out of, out of Ghana. You know, their, their program is coming up next month in a couple of weeks, July 7th, 8th, and 9th, I believe it is. So, yeah. So, yeah, get everything you need from American African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. And uh, Africa for the Africans, brothers and sisters, um, if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. And, of course, HabashawCorporate.org. The brothers and sisters are doing the work, and they deserve to be supported. The uh, Organic Fest went off. Like I said, I saw uh, pictures of the Organic Fest, and it looked really good. Excuse me, family. So I'm proud of of Habashaw for making that happen. And uh, Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development of Group Economics, the Ledge Group. And I got to find a way to get a hold of Peter Brown. I'm going to do some research and make that happen, you know, to see what's happening with that. And to see if I can see, uh, get some dialogue between Peter Brown and what he's doing. And because he's on the ground in Africa and 
what the Moses West Foundation can do in some impossible in a, a, a collaboration, you know. I think that would be outstanding. Yeah. And the web for um, still bringing me to a Chrome page for BB Atumi, and that's not cool. And let me see what else we got going here. Okay. And Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, located in the West End. Brothers and sisters, Wadada's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. Uh, they're doing uh, delicious smoothies and fruit drinks and all kind of dry goods and everything like that. And, of course, tomorrow and Sunday, vegan dishes. I'm not sure the price. Last time I think it was either 10 to $15. Delicious vegan dishes. Uh, the Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall with Mama Nia. And uh, she has the uh, postcards, greeting cards, books, gree- you name it, gift certificates, T-shirts, figurines, all kind of good stuff. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. Give Mama Nia a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore um, in Lithonia, that is east of here. Go I-20 East, exit 74, make a left. And about a half mile down, about a mile down the road will be on the left, the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar with my good brother Kazim Jamu. Give him a call at 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. There is life in the Black Dot. Go back the other way, south on on, on that street, on Main Street. Then make a left. Now you're going east again. And the next exit, exit 74, excuse me, exit 75, Turner Hill Road. Make a right, three lights, make another right, and you are at the new Black Wall Street Market. Brothers and sisters, go to the new Black Wall Street Market and uh, help support us lifting us. <laughs> and, of course, we support us lifting us because it's an economic development cooperative for our people. And their Thursday night broadcast. Last night from 9 to 10 on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. If you want to listen to the program um, by calling in, and if you want to give com- comments, questions, or concerns, you dial 929 477 2789. That's 929 477 2789. Also, too, on Fridays, I promote disaster awareness for community preparedness. My good brother Yusuf Muhammad. And their program is every Friday from 4 to 6, Disaster Awareness. They talk about all kinds of conditions, that weather conditions and how to be safe, okay? And uh, so it's uh, Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. That's 563-999-3089. That's 563-999-3089. Homeland Village in Cultural gift shop in Macon, Georgia, Brother Beejan. Okay. Hey, Brother Irv. Baba Oshin. Hey, what's up? Everything's good. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing well. Let me get through these announcements, and hopefully my guests will be on. But so just hold on, okay? Thank you. Your guest, your guest wasn't hasn't come on. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. So, and it's Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. 
Sun God Essential, one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Brothers and sisters, give my sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Family, you need to go online and go to sanjay-iet.org to see for yourself what great work Sister Gabby Aurelia, Sister Gabby, is doing in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. That's Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E-A-Y-I-T-I.org. Sanjay-Haiti.org. Okay, I'm running through these things, aren't I? Yeah, I want to make sure I get my brother, Brother Kamal Franklin, enough time. He hasn't signed on yet, but uh, I hope to. he will be doing that very shortly. And I, I was looking for the common sense security that Baba Varudi was going to present, but can't find it. So I'm going to ask Mama Enya to always send me a uh, information via email. Because, you know, Facebook, Facebook, you know, you can't do that. All right. The Enya Saysim family. And, of course, I uh, was not on this past Wednesday, so we'll go back. And uh, we'll go back to go forward. Ashay. June 27th, if you are God, then save your own. Don't mentally enslave your own outcast. Being connected to spirit should be the warrior's central focus because spirit is the source of our greatest strength. Once we know this, we once knew we were, were nothing less than divinity and what it possessed, we possessed also proportionately. We once knew our power. We once knew the penalty for seeking integration into inferior, into inferior thinking in beings. We once knew the penalty for seeking integration into inferior thinking and being. If we are to return to power, we must again know spirit. We must know self. Ashe. Affirm, I'm using my divine power to save African people. Yes, yes, yes. I'm using my divine power to save African people. November, November, stop it. <laughs> June 28th, June 28th, if you turn your face from violence, who will punish wrongdoing? Let me repeat that. If you turn your face from violence, who will punish wrongdoing? Every society known to man contains some element of violence. People have always killed, lied to, cheated, and stole from other people even if by accident. I'm not going to get into a discussion of the idea of African society because the ancients were human too. However, with respect to these measures of interpersonal disrespect and violence, our ancestors were not Europeans. What distinguishes Western society from others is not the presence of these and similar destructive phenomena, but their magnitude, their perseverance, the pervasiveness, and the rate of increase. Read their history. I repeat, read their history. Pick any European nation. Before ever major war of Western involvement, there was either massive impoverishment or a major economic depression was in full swing. There has never been a time in the history of the West when they have not been 
not actively preparing for or engaging in war against others and or among themselves. Survival camps, military groups, gun shows, the list goes on of the evidence of their ongoing military organization. And perhaps most importantly, what should inform our state of preparedness is that every encounter Europeans have had with non-Europeans has resulted in a violent confrontation. We are dealing with necromongers, with peddlers and lovers of death. Peddlers and lovers of death. Affirm, I punish wrongdoing. Affirm, I punish wrongdoing. June 29th. If you part, if your part of the battlefield is covered with thorns, you do not leave your position and go to stand where the ground is good. African proverb. I repeat, if your part of the battlefield is covered with thorns, do not leave your position and go to and go stand where the ground is good. What differentiates warriors from others in their virtuous, resilient character? The, the priority of ho- upholding our tradition and claiming our ancestors' respect places them in an inevitable position of constantly being uncompromising in the actualization of their vision and mission. While tactics may vary, the place, the time, and others' presence does not affect those admirable qualities. Still, the warrior's character requires time to mature, to develop a deep, extensive root system, a sprout, solid trunk, and a powerful reaching branches. In situations of risk, developing warriors are courted with compromise role options. In less risky situations, there is no need for enemies to make these offers because in terms, a warrior's role is non-threatening. Those who do not see that they are at war do not have to keep it from it. Without exception, social norms in Western society naturally define the role of the conscious sworn African warrior as variant. The warrior coupled even more so. That's right, the warrior couple, the sister and man. Any real form of African manhood and womanhood are feared and defined as an abomination in a society determined to reduce the African to an unwelcome memory. I repeat, any real form of African manhood and womanhood are feared and defined as an abomination in a society determined to reduce the African to an unwelcome memory. In this social cultural context, whatever role African men and women play that reveals an unyielding homage to their traditions and people places them in a diametrically oppositional conflict with their prescribed roles as powerless, subdued males and females. Affirm, regardless of the terrain, I stand my ground. Affirm, regardless of the terrain, I stand my ground. June 30th. White studies. White studies is a system of intellectual legitimacy which defines the activities and experiences of white Western people has a universal yardstick of human existence. 
let me repeat that again because a lot of us don't understand this is that Europeans have decided that they are the model that they are the ones white studies is a system of intellectual legitimacy which defines the activities and experiences of Caucasian people as the European people as a universal yardstick of human existence James Turner these Africans watching these Africans reaching out to be saved from the entanglement of the underbrush of Eurasians still fighting off the venomous white predators with whom uh, worn dried and ineffective twigs while holding on to a cutting thorn veins for dear life against the sucking quicksand of alien seduction with broken and bloodied hands deserve every chance we can offer to assist them become that self they know that they must be in order to regain their sanity I say I assist my African who desires to be sane I assist any African who desires to be sane July 1st hardship reveals personality a Swahili proverb character is at the spiritual immortal core of our salvation as a people if it does not identify if it does not identify as a people we do not exist if it is not good in us we do we do no more than serve others if it is weak we are weak however if it is cast in our traditions designed to follow our way and improve on what we have given us in the beginning, we become strengthened as African people. For character communicates our ethnicity. It is how our humanity is expressed. Without it, we become less than those proud of being spiritual and suicidal spirits. As warriors, we have to understand that in, in any African reality, Character is indispensable form of what one thinks, says, and does. Each of these complements the other and shows the quality of your character through its expression. As a person's eyes are the mirror to their souls, his or her soul, our thoughts, words, and deeds allow others to see into the true spirit of our character, whether kind or deprived. Some call character personality because one's character is or his or her personality on display and vice versa. Unless these unless these see colors, the impression we order, we give to order, which is very characteristic of Europeans and Europeanized individuals. Unless deceit colors the impression we give to others, which is very characteristic of European and Europeanized individuals, then one's personality should be a true representation of one's character. Good, strong character is evident regardless of the condition. Similarly, bad, weak character cannot hide. And it is in the most difficult and trying of times when we're able to see what is easily hidden when life is easy. Shay. Hardship reveals the strength of my will to be African. I know that's right. Shay. Hardship reveals the strength of my will to be African. Brothers and sisters, the Inye Sesim of daily, the Inya Sesim of daily 
revolutionary thought. Ah, yes, sir. Yeah. So, I have a, I have a um, guest, Brother Kamal Franklin of the Community Builders. And I was hoping I sent him the information and uh, and of course, you know, what we do on this program, of course, is that sometimes when we have someone uh -huh, like we do right now, Brother Kamal. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I'm sorry for the tardiness. There's mm -hmm. a lot of running around. No, that's okay, man. It's only two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's only two minutes. Okay. But it's a radio show. You know, you need to be on time for the radio show. That's for sure, brother. And you are. I appreciate this opportunity. Let me uh, say this to our listening audience of who you are. But this, this is Brother Kamal Franklin. He is the founder of Community Movement Builders. Brother Kamal is a dedicated community organizer for over 30 years. For 18 of those years, Brother Kamal led members of a national grassroots organization dedicated to ideas of self-determination and the teachings of El Haj Malik El Shabazz, Brother Omawali, Malcolm X. Brother Kamal is a coordinator and lead community cop watch programs, liberation freedom schools for youth, electoral and policy campaigns, large scale community gardening, organizing collectives and alternatives to incarceration programs. Brother Kamal was, and it says was an attorney. Are you still an attorney? Well, officially, I clicked the retired box because uh, I don't practice anymore, but I was a practicing attorney for a little bit over 10 years in New York. Right. Okay. Yeah, and his own practice in criminal, civil rights, and transsexual, transsexual law. He now lives here in Atlanta with his wife and two children. Brothers and sisters, this is Brother Kamal Franklin. How you doing today, brother? I'm doing really good, my man. I'm doing really good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Listen, I just want to say... Uh, I really enjoyed the conference. I thought it was you and your group, your brothers and sisters, particularly the young folks, which I was very impressed mm -hmm. with. Love young people getting involved uh, in our struggle. Did an outstanding job. It was a good conference. Um, didn't know about community builders. And I've been here in Atlanta, community movement builders. I've been here in Atlanta for eight years. And, uh, and you know, part of uh, brothers and sisters here in the so-called conscious community. So um, I, I, I must say that you guys did an outstanding job of putting that conference on. I appreciate it, you know, and a lot of it, uh, almost all of the credit is due to those young folks, um, uh, younger folks than I and, and you, are, <laughs> you know, yeah. who put that on. Like we have a great collection of folks in their 20s and 30s Beautiful. Um, who are, relatively speaking, some are new organizers, some have been doing it for a little while. But, you know, the mission was, I, I, you know, I think eight or nine months ago, I was like, you know what? We need a national black radical conference. People are not, like, uh, we have not done this for a while. Um, this may have been four or five years since the last one. They got a whole different group of folks together to talk about the politics and issues of our community from a radical lens. Uh, happened and we and you know it was like one of those things of like if 
you know, if uh, if not us, who? Like, right. So in other words, right. why not us? We might as exactly. well just do it if no one else is putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. And I gave a little bit of a platform for it, a little bit of a write-up around what it should be, but, you know, the vast majority of that work was done by those young folks. Um, I don't like. I don't know if they like being called young folks, but the, those folks yeah. um, who did that work, and it was fantastic. You know, with uh, uh, any, you know, all any mistakes, whatever, were minor compared to the work that they did yeah. to make that happen. Over 300 people came out. Uh, it was a fantastic conference from from both elders, folks in the middle age category, and young people. And that's who we geared it towards was folks in their 20s and 30s yeah. that a lot of the older heads don't know. You know what I mean? They don't know about some of these newer organizations like ours even that are doing things out in the street mm-hmm. and, and organizing around different issues so again it was just a great you know a, a great success for the folks who put it together and who organized it and i'm really happy about the work that they did on it i am too i i really am because i love to see young people i remember when i was going to the um, uh, black men's think tank in cincinnati ohio organized by uh, dr eric abercrombie of the university of cincinnati and it was great and encouraging to see the number of young people because I was old then. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling, brother. I know the feeling. And so it was great to see young people out and, and listening to some of the great scholars. Um, Naeem Akbar at that time, he was a constant person there. I, I think I went to like three out of five years straight, you know, three out of five years going to Cincinnati because also, too, I'm a retired firefighter. And we would have, it was in January around uh, Dr. King's birthday. And so the um, uh, black police officers and the black firefighters collaborated with a uh, dinner honoring the the, uh, Dr. King birthday and that kind of thing. And so uh, in conjunction with that, that, no, I I apologize. That was not in conjunction with uh, the Cincinnati black men's think tank. That was separate, of course. But uh, the, the idea I'm going to, Cincinnati for the black firefighters, but no, I'm going to Cincinnati for the black men's think tank. Yeah, I loved it. it just a great number of scholars and and um, beautiful people, and I admire the young people there. But the reality is, we have the, some of the young people, but even at that, uh, here in the society, you gotta you gotta live, you know. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, in in that respect they kind of drop off and they're not as involved, you know, but hopefully more will come and more will come because uh, the, the, um, uh, the theme of the, of the conference was unity in our lifetime. And, mm-hmm. and, and to me, uh, I have more years behind me than I have ahead of me. And I would love to see that developing as I'm, you know, hopefully not expire soon, but still, you know, I would like to see that mm-hmm. developing into something that is very real, that unity is, yeah. is developing in our lifetime. You know, I thought many of the presentations, uh, the themes, and, and, and the presenters was outstanding, man. I really do. Oh, man, in fact, that Sunday, um, sister, uh, that panel, those sisters. Oh, yeah. Man, yeah. That was yeah. a fire. And, uh, and again, those folks have been putting work in. Uh, uh, you know, those some of those folks are in their late 30s and in their 30s and 40s, and they've been putting work in in different sectors of our movement right. for literally years and or decades. Right. Um, and, you know, we've had the emergence of organizations like uh, Black Alliance for Peace, 
and some others, which are uh, in particular that have really done a good job of bringing together black radicals of different ideological uh, belief systems on a radical mm-hmm. scale, uh, but brought them together to work on issues of U.S. imperialism, mm-hmm. which I think has done a great job nationally uh, of bringing together a cool folks uh, to work on the issues of pan-Africanism and calling out U.S. imperialism again in foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even so, again, I, I want to be careful about remarking about how young they are because <laughs> um, they're younger than us. Right. And um, that's the point. And some, yeah, yeah and some and are even in their 20s. Mm-hmm. But these are folks who in their local communities who have been doing everything from freedom programs to breakfast programs uh, working uh, off a particular ideological spectrum. Um, and again, you know, this, this, uh, all of us just need the platforms and the opportunities to link up with each other mm-hmm. so that we can make a bigger movement, so right. we can make a bigger noise, so that right. we can make sure we know what our brothers and sisters are doing in San Jose or in, in, in uh, Houston and here in Atlanta. Um, I think that's the strength of the, of the conference and potentially a larger movement mm-hmm. is to again see if, if, if not creating a you know a, a mass national if not international organization out of it, at the very least creating the ability for folks to have a networking opportunity that has some structure to it that allows folks to be in touch, to call on each other, to support each other. I think that's the other things that we need to make sure that we're advancing this radical struggle of ours. Yeah, and also too reaching out to other organizations, uh, you know, like the Pan African Federalist Movement. I, I'm a member of that organization. I didn't stand up to mention that. If anybody was aware of that program or that organization, uh, one of the coordinators is right here in Atlanta, Mama Nabantu. You know, uh, in fact, that organization, uh, its whole emphasis is to develop Africa, one Africa, you know, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. get rid of all of the bullshit that constantly divides us and all the neocolonialism and all the despots and all that mindset to to be one Africa so we can uh, control our land and control our resources. And so whatever cultural group you are, that's respected. But what's most important is that you're African, you know, and we cannot Mm -hmm. let, and we cannot let, uh, uh, you know, Europeans and, and, and others, other groups, manipulate us and divide us you know exactly. that's what that's what's happening right now i mean we really have all that we need the only thing that we really don't have is the mind mm-hmm. to make it happen mm-hmm. you know and and i what i liked about what i liked about the the, the, the conference last weekend man is that there was there was a sense of there wasn't no um divisions within the group that we're all one young and old mm-hmm. you know because there there there's always been this talk of, of um, you know that we have this uh gap this generation gap you know we really don't because that's something we definitely can't have because we need each other you know mm-hmm. the young people need us and we need them they're the workers mm-hmm. they're the fire we're the we're we're, we're those who came before and we have knowledge of, you know. So mm-hmm. if we work together, you know, we can move this thing yeah. smoothly along. 
Yeah, I mean, you noticed there were certain places where, you know, the elders stood up, particularly the elders who were in part of the Black Liberation Army and, and Black Panther Party. You know, they got a, a rousing, standing ovation type of applause from all of us who were younger um, in that room. The SNCC elders were there. Yeah. And they, when they, they talked, folks listened up and wanted to hear that knowledge and seek it in, right? Right. So it's not so much even that young folks don't have new ideas and new ways of doing things, but as you said, you know, some of this has been done before. Some of this is a there's a structure to it. Folks can talk about the attacks that they endured and what folks need to look out for. Um, so I agree with you. All of that needs to be interconnected. We need to, you know, stop letting other folks separate us as a people over over, you know, and there's real things that we all need to work out, right? The issues right. of gender and sexuality and the rest of it. And I think those are real issues to confront and speak about. But as long as we understand that it's to keep that unity and to make keep that dialogue going, and that's what I did like about the conference. There was mm -hmm. criticism and critique, but it wasn't the hype that would stop the conference. Right, it was exactly. one for people to learn and grow yeah, from. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that was impressive to me um, mm -hmm. in terms of coming and trying to build a radical movement, understanding that that dialogue, those conversations, uh, deeper understanding, even having differences, which doesn't stop us from working together um, uh, uh, in the same plane or on this, uh, with this, with the same base of understanding of where we're trying to go. I think yeah, that stuff is just needed. And, and again, you know, people did a great job of bringing forth, yeah. uh, the ideological concerns that we all have, the differences, how we, the work that we are doing, how that work leads us forward, how Pan-African leads us forward, Pan-Africanism leads us forward, how a sense of revolutionary nationalism leads us forward. You know, how, like you said, like we as a people need to unite and understand who our friends are and who our enemies are mm -hmm. and not be not back off once we have that right. understanding, knowing that there's a challenge, knowing that the enemy is powerful. But like you said, knowing that we have everything we need, uh, as long as we can get that unity going to move us forward and to struggle for our, our liberation. Yes, I agree. And, and I think that uh, that was presented there uh, this past weekend. I think what uh, definitely needs to happen is that uh, some follow-up. And I think that uh, uh, because the question was about Pan-Africanism, you know, the connecting the national black struggle for self-determination with Pan-Africanism. I think that, mm -hmm. that any one of us could agree that the ultimate for us as African people is Pan-Africanism. Mm -hmm. You know, as Dr. John Henry Clark said, a Pan-Africanism with the old and the new of Africa linking up with, you know, the the present day struggle of what Africa is about. And that's what we need, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, uh, nobody that was do clearly this. understood in the room. Like you said, yeah. yeah, I think folks understood that it's almost like that's that was the starting off point. Right. right. People who saw the conference materials, who saw the flyers, you know, folks flocked to that conference knowing that mm -hmm. that was a base level of understanding. Um, how do we, again, we can have allies, uh, we can have comrades, but the ultimate question for us is how do we unite first on some basis um, and then move forward with the work that we have to do, knowing that, again, we'll have allies and comrades at different places, different stripes, um, but no one no one is in charge of our struggle. That's only us, yeah, right? Yeah, only us. And, and what's interesting is the number of people from across the country that, 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 that showed up. I didn't know anything about it. I've been doing this radio program here for eight years. And, of course, uh, when I went to uh, – I, 
found out about this from Facebook. I guess my algorithms, mm-hmm. <laughs> my <laughs> algorithms, living, and I saw it. I'm like, wow. Then I then I you know went through all of the literature, and 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 then of course uh, your uh, uh, page, and and then I looked at that, and then sent the information in, and uh, came in Friday. Had a little late because of my grandson. He uh, he plays basketball, and I and I got to chauffeur his ass around. Damn it, <laughs> you know. And so he had a game, and so I came in right after that. And so I only missed about I'd say half hour, forty five minutes uh, of the opening on Friday. And um, I said, man, okay, I'm I'm going to definitely do this. And so Sunday, I I I didn't. He had a game, and I didn't take. I didn't go. And his mom took him in because I wanted to get mm-hmm. that last bit of that workshop. And so glad mm-hmm. that I did, especially with those sisters, because they were they were mm-hmm. bringing some fire as it relates to, you know, um, imperialism. And um, but yeah. all in all, it was. And that's something we got to we got to talk more about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they um, too often these days we don't as a as a people raise the issue of imperialism, imperialism raise mm-hmm. the issue of of U.S. hegemony around the world. And we have too many black folks who are joining with the imperialism right. because they exactly. get a spot, right? Exactly. They get a job, they get a title, mm-hmm. they get a spot. Mm-hmm. And that seduces other folks to thinking, you know, we whatever the U.S., the United States interest is, That's somehow interest. is our interest, it's our interest right? It's and it's not our interest. No, it's right? not our interest. Is it, yeah. In fact, it's diametrically opposed to what our interest is. And, and that's mm-hmm. the thing that... You know, hopefully for many of the uh, brothers and sisters who came to the conference, and that's what they got. But more importantly, hopefully that they'll share that information with others because that's the problem. You know, <laughs> we think that what America is about is what we're about. You know, somebody exactly. saying like, hey, you know, it's just as much as my country as it is theirs. No, it's not. No, it's not right. <laughs> no, it's not. It never has been, and it never will be. Yeah. You know, I and, never understood the concept of folks thinking that you know, yeah. like our had to have our people enslaved here, um, and and stolen from land to have the land that's here stolen from other groups. Mm-hmm. That somehow we would want to connect with that and be a part of that as opposed to understanding that there's a lineage and a continuation of that. Mm-hmm. It's done in different ways these days, but the ultimate goal and objectives is to continue to have control over people, land, and resources. Right. That has been their goal. That has been their their their, their, uh, their stance. Um, uh, and that continues to be it to this day. Right. And so for folks to, to decide to be a part of that system, um, without any, you know, ideological framework, uh, theoretical framework and understanding of what that system is, it, it, again, it speaks to the crushing of, of militant and radical movements from the 60s and 70s. It speaks to the continued rebuilding stage that we're in to bring these issues forward. Um, it speaks to the power of the state's propaganda system. Um, but again, to understand, you know, obviously this is not the only place where people have gathered but to understand that a gathering like this from a group that's relatively not that well-known, um, even across, like you said, across some, some of the black nationalists um, um, or black radical um, uh, comrades, mm-hmm. um, they're just getting to know some of us. They're just getting to know some of the organizational work that we do. Um, but, you know, even with those limitations to have us to be able to call something like this and, again, to get the turnout that we got 
speaks to the hunger that our folks yeah. have yeah. for this knowledge, for this information, right. to be right. a part of something bigger than themselves, to organize for self-determination, to organize for Pan-Africanism, and to organize against U.S. imperialism. I say. In fact, you know, I went to the State of the Black World Conference, uh, Brother Ron Daniels, and, um, and I'm just going to keep it real. I was very disappointed. The, 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 uh, the fee was very high at $250 and didn't, and didn't get nothing. Didn't get no food, <laughs> didn't get no water. All they gave you was a, a, a pamphlet about the next, con- or the next presenter and who they're from, who they're about and what they're about and so forth. It wasn't as detailed as what you and your mm-hmm. group presented. And um, I tell you, I think once again you guys did a great, a great job. Let me let me get some callers. I got some callers here, and they may want to ask a question or two before you got to go. Mm-hmm. I know you got to go around twelve. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, four four three four four three. Good afternoon. Hello, Baba 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 Oshi, and hello to your guests, brother. You are you are what white folks say spot on mm-hmm. with what you're saying. <laughs> you are. You're, you're, I can really relate to to what you're saying. And when you said something, um, I was thinking about a, a job. Uh, when you have a job and you go to this job for 30 years, you try, you kind of take ownership of the job. But in reality, it's still a job. And when you leave, they'll get another one that looks just like you. And I think it's the same way with, with uh, American Africans in this country. We've been here so long, we take ownership of this place because – we were not brought here to live and, and, and pursuit of happiness. We were brought here to work. Mm. Uh, Robert Henry Clark told us that we, and when, and when the work is done, we don't need you anymore. And this is mm. where, this is where we are now. We're in a place now because, and, and you can tell that by the way you're talking and people's hunger for what it is that you're offering because they're looking for something and they can't find it in this, this neo-colonialism, imperialism, we got a bunch of words for it. We know what it is. It's racism, white supremacy. Mm-hmm. But they can't find it in that. You can have children. You can have cars, houses. But you still, it's still something missing. Mm-hmm. And what that is that's missing is the Africa that's in you. You can't, it's in you. You don't have to be in Africa uh, to be an African. Mm. I think Oshi, Brother Oshi said something about Putting uh, what you say, Baba Oshi, putting a you can't make biscuits or oven oh, in a <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, a cat can't have a cat can't have kittens in an oven, and you know, and it's still they ain't biscuits. Call it biscuits. Exactly, <laughs> they're still kittens. <laughs> and I think you know? that's what happens with us here in this country because we're Africans. Africa is, and I went to Africa here recently, and I connected with my ancestors. I actually cried a lot, like a big old baby in those slave dungeons, because I felt my ancestors, I knew I was walking on sacred ground because I didn't see anything else around me because I wanted to connect. I I was just like that Christian, that Baptist guy in the church that's shouting. You know, when I I grew up in a Baptist church, so they all shouting. And I would say, man, why they jumping around? They ain't really shouting this stuff, but they were. They are in a trance. They take themselves and their mind, because the mind is powerful. They take their minds and they make themselves feel that they are that God is in them, and I'm I, I believe everything, and I'm, I got this, and they really feel it. When I went to Africa, I felt my ancestors. I am not lying. I would put money on this. I felt my ancestors. So I understand when someone says that they feel something, 
And the thing that's going to co- make us cohesive, the thing that we have in common as a people is Africa. We all come from Africa. And I think that's the glue that's going to pull us together. All the, other, all the other things, all the other groups that are doing so many other things, they all have to come back to that central point. Africa, you're African, whether you want to believe it or not. You're African, and your mind, and, and, it, and oh, she says it. The one thing that, that, that the oppressor has that's so powerful is the mind of the oppressed, because we as oppressed people will cannibalize each other to feed the insatiable appetite of the oppressor. We will talk about another black man. We'll put him down. He ain't this and he ain't that. And who are you performing for? Your, your master. You ain't performing for me. I will never argue with a brother in public, ever, ever. We do this in private. We don't disagree in, in public. You don't see any other groups doing that. So, no, my brother, mm-hmm. I love what you're saying. I love the spirit of which I wish I could have went to the conference. And, and if you impressed Baba Oshi, it must have been something fantastic. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> because he's, he's not going to BS you. Yeah. And it must, have, and I wish I could have been there, and I will definitely yeah. be at the next one. I'll make it a point to do that. Um, well, that'd be great. Go, let me, let me, I'm, let me just jump in real quick, because I'm gonna have to go soon. Go we yeah. are going to do another one next year, and what we're going to do is open it up to more organizations to great. work together great. collectively I to say, put the conference good. on. You know, we it was easier good. for us this year. We have resources. Uh, so we use those resources, obviously, to bring out speakers, to pay for food, to get right. some of the stuff great. done. Uh, but we know that this conference, uh, as a conference, doesn't survive unless we expand it and make sure that all the folks still ownership over it. And that's what we want to make sure that happens. Um, and part of the other follow-up is uh, Brother um, uh, Jihad, who was a former Panther and BLA member, he spoke a little bit about um, a, a black Congress, like a group that's also trying to, I know there's a couple of these, that are trying to find a unified platform and or way Plus, all yes. of us as sort of radicals and radical organizations to be in continual communication with each other so we can yes. speak about our work and talk together about the work that we want to get done. So those are the things that we hope to come to have to come out of it. You know, another uh, more gatherings, bigger gatherings, ways in which we yes. all continue to connect with each other. But also in between those gatherings, how do we build out our organizational apparatuses? How do we merge some of these small, small organizations so that they're bigger organizations? How do we keep in touch uh, through through networking and coalition building, uh, through the potential of a somewhat of a Congress where we can decide together and collectively as much as possible on which way forward for our struggle around self-determination and pan-Africanism. So those are some of the yep. things, again, at the very beginning points, but those are some of the things that we're struggling for to try to make happen. Well, yes, yes, yes. Fantastic. And, and I want you to let me know when we have the real meeting because this is for the public. And then when we have the mm-hmm. real meetings, right. you know, like the That's one they right. have in the synagogue every Saturday that you don't get to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Because yeah. we, everything is not, isn't any, isn't for everybody to hear. Because That's these right. people, this, we're in a war. This is a, this is a battlefield. And you, are, and you have put the flag up to say, we're not giving up. We're going mm. to fight. And we're fighting right now. This ain't no game. Listen, people are dying for, for the things coming out your mouth. So, brother, mm-hmm. I commend mm-hmm. you, and I and I say keep going, and all power, no black power, because I, I, I this whole power to the people thing became everybody, became the Mexicans <laughs> and the, the Koreans and everybody. It's black power, 
Well, for them, they need power in their communities and for their people that's anti-capitalist and anti-imperialist. So I do wish them power. And for us, I wish us black power. Because yeah. we but need control over are. our community and our resources. Right. Right. Anybody go. who stands in the way is not without, not, not an Wait. ally, not a comrade, and not somebody we there need to align go. with. Yeah. That, that, that works for me. I'm on board I with works that. for me too, brother man. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, I'm definitely going to have to rush. I really appreciate you having me on. I wish I had a little bit more time to give. We can set something up we later do. on to we do will. a longer one. Oh, yeah, we but will. I really, really appreciate y'all. I'll All maintain right. some contact. Yeah. I definitely like Peace. for what you guys have done and to cook connect you with some other, uh, particularly with the Pan-African Federalist Movement and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay? All right, dear brother. Thank brother you so Kamal much. Franklin, thank right, you so much. Care, Have brother. a blessed weekend. Peace, my brother. Yeah. yeah that was Brother Kamal Franklin. Of the, he was uh, pretty good, by the way. Oh, he was man, he's outstanding, brother. He was yeah. He was pretty good. I, I'm, I'm so radical. You know I'm radical, yeah. Bravo. I, that, yeah, when, you, <laughs> when you start talking black and brown and multicultural <laughs> and people of color, yeah, my flag goes up. I'm like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. well, I'll say this. this so, I'll say this about them: they really uh, put on a good conference, and they were from, coming from all over. But they're based here in Atlanta, which was a surprise to me. Didn't hadn't heard about them, uh, the community movement wow. builders, community movement builders, and but um, they're they're on the map, and I'm going to what's the name of their group again? Ocean? Community movement builders, and you can go to their website. Unity. You said community? Yeah, com- yeah, no, no. Community. 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 Yeah, community movement builders. Community movement builders. Okay. And you can go to their website. I think it's community movement builders. Uh, is it .org or .com? I'm not sure. Community movement No builders. problem. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either .org or .com. And you can get that information. And it was, you know, once again, you know, it's .org. Community Movement Builders dot mm-hmm. org. It's dot org, you know. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to take a break, brother, and play some. Um, yes, sir. You did. Play some Stanley Clark. Today's Stanley Clark's birthday. You know. Yes. And in fact, bass Happy players. Birthday. Exactly. Bass players. I love bass players. Bass players just are so cool. You know, they're just so cool. Mm. And, and and I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was shining shoes. And there was this jazz nightclub called Dimitri's. And they had two brothers that I had really admired. One was Bobby Burdett, who played saxophone. And the other one was Jack Rice, who was the bass player. Just so cool. And, of course, he's playing upright bass, just like, um, you know. Uh, in fact, it's synonymous when you say the name, you know. It just it just rolls <laughs> off, off the tongue. Um what you call, uh, what's his name? Oh, man. Oh, shit. What do you play? But he plays bass. Uh, um, oh, wow. Yeah, he's a famous bass player. Oh. And it'll, it'll, it'll come to me. But And, of course, Stanley Clark played basically electric bass, but he was playing Ron Carter. Ron Carter on bass. Because he's played mm-hmm. with so many greats. And, and so... When you say his name, it just it's just an automatic flow. Ron Carter on bass, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, these cats are just so cool. So I'm going to play some Stanley Clark, and uh, when we come back, we're we're gonna have a, a baragani. A baragani means what's the news. So we're gonna talk about what's yes, in the news. Yeah. Talk about what's in the news and uh, get it from you. Whether you want to talk about uh, from an action situation. Right. Uh, 
other things that are happening in the news with us. So I'm going to put you on mute, dear brother. And we're going to be right back. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. That's right. That was Stanley Clark on his birthday. The last cut, of course, was a little funk. And you know, it's just me and the boys with George Duke. Stanley Clark and George Duke had a number of collaborations. And, uh, and of course, giving love to bass players. And, of course, Ron Carter on bass. Ron Carter uh, had more songs with other other groups and than any other jazz bass player in history. Over 2,000. Yeah, Ron Carter, and of course, Stanley Clark. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And um, today we're going to talk about uh, Baragani. What's what's the news? What's in the news? What do you want to talk about? Uh, thank uh, Brother Kamal Franklin once again of the community movement builders, the community movement builders located right here in Atlanta and be talking with them periodically and uh, want to get together with some other groups to collaborate. Yeah, you know, there was one of the pieces, and I think I mentioned it on Monday when I first talked about the uh, community movement builders. I think that we need to, you know, some people are, are talk about, you know, diversity and and we're not a monolith and we need all of this. No, brother, we need a single direction, a single direction, liberation, self-determination, sovereignty, a single direction to move in that direction, you know. Um, and everybody needs to get on board on, uh, moving in that direction. I, I believe that's that's the only alternative. Now, Obviously, if that doesn't happen and there's other movements and then some of those movements are financed uh, by people who are outside of us and they could cause all kinds of dissension, uh, all kinds of conflict where the direction we want to go is not obtained or, or not even uh, moving in that direction because of uh, the conflict we have and, and what others feel we need to do and go, especially because they're getting money. You know, just because they're getting money, just like the, what the brother pointed out to me, uh, brother, brother Mickey Dean of Kansas City National Black United Front of NBUF. And I mentioned that they're, they're, uh, their conference is coming up real soon. The National Black United Front. Their conference is coming up uh, July 7th, 8th, and 9th and, um, in Pittsburgh. In fact, I'm going to have Brother Kofi on on Wednesday, Brother Kofi Taharka out of Houston, talking about the National Black United Fronts Convention coming up real soon in Pittsburgh. Brother Herbert Daltrey, one of the founding members, you know, Brother Charles Barron, the council member in New York City, a lot of good sisters and brothers. And so we'll talk about all of that 
uh, next week. But um, what Brother Mickey showed me was that, uh, or told me, and I've seen it, is, is some money that was given to uh, Brother Ron Daniels and the, in, and the international his organization and and also too surprisingly to in cobra who's three million dollars 1.5 a piece you know the institute of the black world the institute of the black world and in cobra and and when i saw that and then i saw what the brother did at that conference that really pissed me off you know this conference I went to this past weekend was just $25. You know, even if they would have asked for more, I would I would have paid it because I understand how that is when you're trying with materials and they had food to offer and and, and uh, they had a number of things. You know, the, the speakers, you get to bring them in and house them. So I understand that. You know. But when you ain't offering nothing, and and a lot of information was weak, and of course, anyway, done with that. So, give us a call at 215-490-9832. Today is Friday, last day of June, the last day of, you know, of this month, last day of June. And of course, Monday will be our program, the 4th of July. We'll talk about the 4th of July and all the things that um, that this society perpetuates talking about this day and and of course probably would get a chance to play Frederick Douglass's address uh, I think um, let me see who does that either is uh, I can't remember who actually does that address on on radio on a, on the audio rather, but uh, that'd be cool, you know. Yeah. So we're gonna do a, we're gonna do those things and more and more in the upcoming weeks. And then, like I said, Wednesday, I got uh, Brother Kofi Taharka coming on. You know. So yeah. So today's is in in the news. One of the things that, of course, was the big news the last couple of days is the gutting of affirmative action by the was by the Supreme Court, and this is another big issue that the Supreme Court, because of the three people that Trump was able to put on the Supreme Court, where when Barack Obama was president, unfortunately he had no control of the Senate, and the sen- Senate is the one that confirms the justices and uh, ugly ass turtle head Mitch McConnell said unequivocally I'm not even going to entertain that your nomination I'm not going to give him an interview it ain't happening and then of course others said well if uh, like um, what's now in South Carolina Lindsey Graham we we won't vote on that if there's if there's an election we will not even it these people lie so boldly, so brazenly. It's just ridiculous. 
he, he said this, and what happened? They confirmed that uh, lady. They confirmed her. Even though they said, well, we won't do that because there's an election coming up, and so the next president, you know. So they they denied, they denied uh, whoever was going to come after Barack. They denied Barack that opportunity to appoint a justice. And they said, well, whoever's going to be the president, that individual can do it. You know, not because they are liars. They're liars. A number of you in the queue, so you know what to do. Hit star twice. I'll let you in. Hit star twice. Okay, 646. 646, good afternoon. Yeah, what's happening, Oshi? I was just tuning in to see what was happening. Oh, well, you you are, you are what's happening. It's a, a Baragani. What's the news? <laughs> a Baragani. Hey, man, the white folks being white folks, man. I mean, from alternative, affirmative faction to whatever, man. I mean, it's. It's it's crazy. But and, and, what's and see worse, to me, and see to me, Jay, listen to this, man. I shouldn't you be tired of this shit? Of going over this shit again and again? You know, I, I wanna Yeah, but but you know, it's OT, frustrating. the sad thing is the sad thing is the Negro is really not that effing bright. I mean the Negro doesn't do the necessary things to protect themselves. From the enemy, nor do they protect themselves by taking care of the people who take care of them. We just had a situation in New York with Charles Barron, city councilman for years, who's done amazing things for the community. They just got him out of office. They got him out of office, um, and now they got some. Now they got some clown who's gonna basically undo all that that he did. Wait a minute, because hold on, of the hold on, of the Negro. Hold on, Jay. Uh, Charles Barron is no longer in uh, the council in the in New York, in the city. Of New yeah, York? man, he got kicked out. He got he got defeated. Tuesday by 500 votes, man. And I mean, this is a guy who in New York City in his community has done more, has done more for his constituency in the last 20 years than any congressperson has done and their community. Listen to what he's done. He's built three new schools, a couple of libraries, parks, and he kept the community from being ran over and gentrified by the cracker. And I mean, the person that's coming in to take his place that these dumb Negroes elected is going to basically allow gentrification to come in there and displace all the Negroes was he, that are able to live in that community. Was, was, was the person who was elected and, and who beat Barron by 500 votes, was this person uh, uh, 
in a, so-called in, community, in, uh, so-called community um, advocate who ran four times against Charles Laws and the unions. Listen, what I just said to you, the unions was upset with Charles. And you know the small hats were upset with him. And, you know, I guess him just being a revolutionary and standing up to the people, you know, he just got, you know, victimized by the system. But, you know, also his people have to take a blame for it because they they thought, you know, they wasn't gonna have to come out and do it because right. he's always won. And now and now because of their apathy now because of their apathy, they gonna get their ass smoked in two years. In two years this guy's gonna do more damage to that community than they can even phantom. Because he's basically gonna sell out the community. Now, what's even crazier is, you, doctor, I don't know what he got a doctor in. I'm just going to keep it real. Yousef Salam won in my district, which is hollow. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you something. He replaced a woman who was working with Charles to keep an even bigger groundswell of gentrification yeah. without yeah, the community. Yeah in anything in Harlem. And you know, they shut this um they shut this developer down. And you know, Sharpton was with the developer because his monkey trifling ass was gonna get something in the right. deal. So they beat that back and they was able to stop him. But they put so much pressure on the woman, let me tell you something. The woman said, F this. I ain't dealing with this. And she just dropped out. So what happened was the usual political cronies who were backed by, um, you know, the mayor and other city council people and everything, you know, they ran. The Inez Dinkins, along with Charlie Rangel, basically allowed the gentrification to happen in Harlem. And another guy ran... Um, against Yousef, and surprisingly, because let me tell you something, they were shocked he won. Yousef? Yeah, like I... They they were shocked shocked Yousef won? Yeah, they were shocked Yousef won, because to be honest, nobody thought he he would win, but surprisingly, he won by a very good margin. I mean, um, matter of fact, an excellent margin, if the truth be told. But let's keep it a buck 100. And this is what I had to say on the Facebook page. The smartest thing his black ass could do is to call Charles Barron and get schooled on what's about to happen to him. Because if he thinks they ain't going to come after him to make him buckle under and do certain deals and let them get their way, especially on that piece of property that was struck down, then I'm gay. And ain't no way in hell I'm gay. (laughs) 
<laughs> right on, Jay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's how deep. That's how deep it is. <laughs> now, if he's smart, if I was him, I would call Charles mm-hmm. and get Charles because Charles ain't got nothing to do now, and yeah. Charles want a little bit of revenge. I would say, let him school him. I would too. If he's really I'd about agree. black people so, and leadership. That's what he would do. So this, so this, so this, so this other black this, person. I live in the community. I live in that community, and I know some of the players. They go manipulate his ass, and the guy who is his big backer. You heard him cut him loose, Bruce, right? No. Oh man, one of the most famous judges in New York. He wrote a book, I think it was Black yes. Rose, White Rose. Yes, yeah. yes, I agree, Rose, I have. His, yes. Yeah, his son, his son. Yeah, he was, he was very like instrumental with, uh, uh, what is that? Huh? Uh, he was very instrumental with, uh, what is that? Uh, oh, shit, oh, shit, I got Bill it. Bill Reform and all yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. He, okay. no, he was no, Bruce was no Joe. Well, his son, who was a former assemblyman, and his grandson, who ran Youssef's campaign, campaign um, back Youssef. But all of the other major black politicians within the district and even the mayor and others didn't back Youssef. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, if he think he go have a cakewalk and he don't think what's about to come at him, and he think that right and those Negroes are going to protect him, man, he don't even got a clue what's about to happen to him. And then you got Negroes talking about he's a political heavyweight. That Negro ain't done nothing. That Negro ain't done nothing. No, has he done anything prior you know to him? I mean? Has what he done has anything? He has, he done, has he done anything prior to him? You don't even Jay. know what his, his real position is. Jay, has he done crazy? Jay, has he done anything prior to him being elected? Nothing. No. He ain't no, done nothing ain't done in nothing. politics. Right. He's famous because of the way the white man effed over him. Yeah. That's what he's famous for. He ain't really done nothing in the community. He ain't he ain't really done anything to the point to whereas they not surprised why he got elected. Come on, man. Okay, brother, let me. I got brother, some other. I got some I, more. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Irv. I, I've listened. I've listened for a few minutes, with brother, brother Jay, and I, I agree with everything he says. But brother Jay is topical. What I mean by that is, this is much deeper than than a politician and just or gentrification. Let's be clear. American Africans have chosen education over liberation. When you choose education over liberation, you have all these letters after your name, but you don't own anything. You have all these letters after your name, but you don't have any business. You have politics, but you have no That's economics. Right. You have no if you <laughs> hey, have no Rick. economics, you're just, all we're doing is slapping our lips. We are radio revolutionaries right. because we're and unless you can say something that will inspire someone to do something, we're just we're just feeding our own egos. You know, and, and we're not going to get iPhone. It's called iPhone for a reason because it's about I. It's about the rugged individual. I got this, and I've got money, and I'm doing all right, and I know it ain't about I. It's about we. We as a people 
have bought into this system. We refuse to leave. And if you won't leave, right. sit down, shut up, and keep dribbling the basketball. But the real meeting is not on the radio. The real meeting is not going to be at the conference. It's the meeting before the conference. It's the meeting after the conference. We are at war. We are at war. These people are fighting us to the death. They're fighting each other. Let them fight. I don't give a damn about homosexuals. I don't give a damn about these uh, school shootings. I don't give a damn about all that. Because it is not, it is not us. We're in someone else's house. You can't move That's the right. branches around in my house. It's my house, man. If I want to justify you, if I want to lock you up, your ass getting locked up. Charlie Rango said on TV, he said, I was part of passing that bill to lock all these people up because of crack. He said, but you know what? People said it was wrong, but you know what? We said, why did you do it? He said, because it felt like a good idea at the time. Hmm. Are you effing serious? And people's lives would change. See, white folks ain't going to never see the, the, the things that we're not going to see. Like, in other words, I'm not hey, going to see our liberation. I'll um, be dead. Wait a minute, real quick, real quick, because the Jew puts things in place. Do you see how Trump put these justices in place and then he left? And now the, what he did is happening right now. They uh, we got black people running around here talking about, I'm going to kill my baby because I can't. You, you have lost your mind. Uh, uh, the, the homosexual going to be on a beer can and, and dressed up like a woman because but Trump put things in place to bring it back to the way it used to be. Uh, we're going to bring America back again because he understands he may not be here, but the things he's done, we as black people have to plant seeds in our children. They're coming for your children. So stop it. It's not me. They're coming for our kids. Sorry. I don't give a damn about all that other. I'm sorry for being so okay. I get it passionate when I talk about this. Let me, let me, because I know this is serious business. Yeah. Let me get Rick into this conversation. Yeah. Let, let, let yeah. me let me oh, say this. Oh, to you. let me get let in me here, man. Yeah, I'll get you in here. Oh yeah, go ahead, let me, Jay. Let me Make this, this comment. Quickly. Let me say this to you. Let me say this to you, Er. Uh, yeah. When you talk about people like Charlie Rango and the rest of us, rest of oh, rest of them. That, mm-hmm. Sir, can I finish my statement before you? Oh, go um, ahead. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. The, the point of the matter is. People like Charlie Wangle don't do any real good for their community. They basically are figureheads for white people. Just okay. like HBCUs and colleges okay. are figureheads for white people. HBCUs don't do nothing but educate you to service my white people. people got that Jay. Let me, problem, got that Jay. let me let me let me get jay jay the problem jay got that let us let right. us get some more folks in you just hold on right, brother. okay thank you <laughs> 202 brother rick go ahead <laughs> yes sir and man i love it when the black man is intellectualizing this situation but you know uh i'm convinced and i may be wrong you know and anybody thinks i'm wrong hey they got that right if we don't get ready to leave here, we don't have no future. This place is, if there's a hell below, like that man said yeah, in that song, there's go. a hell below, we all going to go. Yeah. And that's, it, I can't in my wildest imagination think of people who devote and give their lives thinking that it is somehow progress because they get paper for it. 
and their children don't even know who their mothers and fathers are. You know, that's the reality that we live in, man. And if we don't, as a, you know, all of that shit that goes on in Congress, that's their problem. If, in other words, I loved my father and my mother when I was growing up. I loved them. But I couldn't wait to get out of that house and live my own life. Right. I said. And I loved yeah. my mother and father after I left. Mm-hmm. But I could not be the man that I was supposed to grow into without suffering the shit that I had to go through as well as the benefits that I received. Right. We have the ability. I'm, I'm convinced, Oshie, I'm convinced. If we just didn't go to work for three days, the whole black nation, everybody that's in agreement with it, and matter of fact, it would be wonderful if all of us did it. Right. But if we just didn't go to work to show each other the power that we have to shut this goddamn, I'm saying it like my man said, this goddamn place down, mm-hmm. it would shut it down. We are slaves on a modern-day technological plantation, and I don't like it yeah i don't want that for my future <laughs> i don't want that for my grandchildren's future if we gotta die in order to make sure that my granddaughters are gonna grow up with some semblance of peace not not some elected official not what happened in congress that's their issue if i don't set some path for my grandchildren to grow up in peace or where peace is attainable, where they can live the life that they were born for, I didn't serve any purpose except to buy McDonald's food. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. And I don't mean yeah. I don't I'm not trying to make that analogy against anything. I'm saying this is something we gotta do. I'm convinced, man, and I'm gonna say it again in, you know, comments or whatever. But if we don't get us nasty see, these people got technology to their advantage. What what we're talking about now, there are people with the NSA and the CIA listening. They know. They got our sure. phone numbers. They know our address. Sure. They know who we are. With The minute you log in, believe, I used to work in IT, man, and the little bit that I knew then lets me know to what, what Edward today. Snowden tried to give yeah. us a, sir? No, it's, it, to the extent to what it is today. As a, you know, yeah, what you I moved mean, in. I'm oh, you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, and we trying to fight fire with matches. Mm-hmm. The shit, the fire is already lit. All you doing is throwing more ammunition into the fire. All this, we got to get politicians. We man, we got to get rid of that mindset that makes us think that somehow something we can do can cause us to elect an official that's going to be Jesus to us. It ain't going to happen. People don't do that. There's no revolution. There's no improvement of people in the history of the mankind who submitted to their oppressors and gained their liberation. I say that's a very simple lesson. I say, very simple lesson. And if we, if brothers, if we, if we ain't willing to die, we need to shut up. Mm -hmm. We need to shut up. If we can't do what we can do to get as many people, black folks that are in agreement with just letting these people know a solidarity that would scare the shit out of them. Yes, it would. Three days. Don't three days. Don't show up. Where's my black folks? Well, why didn't they, you know, where the door, man, they would go. They half of them would have a heart attack and die. That would be part of the solution. Let them have a heart attack and die. I'm telling you, man, this ain't on white folks. This is on us. Well, one of the things that, um, I did, this this Supreme Court decision has done 
Mm. And it should anger us that we're constantly battling back and forth with these Caucasians for human rights, for legislative rights, for equal rights, you know. And it's ridiculous. Voting rights, voting rights. It's ridiculous. This is their system. This is this is not ours. And that's right. And this is how they want this system to operate. And it is that and it's to our detriment. And, and, and we know it. But yet and still, we still want to fight for it. We still want to encourage Caucasians to allow us to be participants in it. And we say to 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 some extent, this is this country is just as much ours as it is theirs. And even though we uh, the Europeans came and took this and did what they did to the indigenous people, and now we're saying even to the indigenous people, this is ours, just as much ours as it is the ones who came and took it from you. You know, yes, you know the, the the thing is this. If we don't, it's a white man's country, man. The Negroes ain't got no say so or no power at all. They give you the illusion that your vote makes a difference. Get out of here. The white man ain't giving this shit up. That's the problem with these Negroes. They think they got a stake in a position in this shit. You ain't got no stake in position. They done already changed you mentally to serve them. Your, your schools make it to where as you're not deemed successful unless you got a job by the white man. They don't encourage you to build your own institutions or anything like this. No, not it's here. No, no, thing. not here. You, you are not going to That's have... you. What what power is? Power is not voting. It's not money. It's not education, information, all that sports. It's none of that. Power is the ability to define reality. That's what Caucasians did. They define reality. And the other part of that uh, uh, quote that I got from Dr. Wade Nobles is the ability to define reality and then have someone else, those you impose it on, accept that definition as if it's their own. Now, I want us to find reality. I don't want to impose it on anybody. I don't want crackers or anybody else in it to accept our definition as if it's their own. I want us to say, I want to shape and fashion this reality in my image and in my interest. And I don't give a there damn and I don't give a damn hey, who hey, likes it or doesn't like you it. You left out one thing. What's that? You Jeff? left out the most important thing. And oh. I agree with what Noble said. The most important thing is who controls the narrative, dictates the terms of the discussion, and the discussion dictates what moves forward. That's where we make the mistake at. We don't never control the narrative of nothing. Right. Well, so once, once again, you control the narrative, then you could get people to do whatever you want them to do because you're telling them what to do. And because we're not uh, we're not thinkers as a people on the level that we should be to counteract the narrative, we just go along with it because one of the most CJ, important one of the things, things that we don't want to recognize is we're scared to death of the white man. Well, and that's the point because Remember we're in their system, we're in their situation, we're in their environment. That's why you cannot no, define like this. Hold on, Jay. Hold on, Jay. You cannot define reality in their reality. Okay? We need to get out of their 
out of that whole situation, define a reality for ourselves and shape it and fashion it in our image and in our interest and continue to strive and move forward in it. Not in their situation. That's right. That's the problem. We that's, keep why thinking, said, that's why I said we got to go, man. Yeah. We got to go. Yeah. We got to go. Let me I'll, No, I'll, you're I'll, in that. You're, you come right back to whoever controls the narrative, Jay, which makes which you're absolutely right, but the narrative is actually the reality. Whoever controls that reality controls the narrative. Whoever controls the narrative controls the reality. You were saying the same thing. Real quickly, I went to the jazz, I went to the Hampton Jazz Festival this weekend for four days. Uh, Stephanie Mills, uh, Uncle Charlie, uh, uh, what's the boy, Babyface, all these beautiful artists was there. Do you know it was, it was from 55 to 80 years old? That was the age group. Do you know 10,000 people? Do you know who got the most applause at that place when he came on the stage? Kenny G. Okay? <laughs> so these people are passing on this, this mentality onto their children and grandchildren that white folks can do anything that we do better than us. I said, play some Miles Davis, Kenny G. That's what I'm hollering. And they looking at me with my dashiki on like I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like I'm at a 70s party. <laughs> because their minds are so gone. They're, 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 they're ch- and when the They've white person came on the stage, it was they were kissing his butt like nobody. Right. These they're are black people with Benzes, Maybachs, uh, all the, the, the all the shiny stuff you'd ever want. But their minds were were gone. They were gone because uh, repetition creates habit. Habit creates repetition. However it goes. But the thing is, they've been doing this for so long in someone else's house. They know how to make it comfortable in this house. Just do what you're supposed to do. Do what they tell you to do. Yeah. But when you step out of the box like you, myself, uh, O.C., the other brother that's on, and uh, uh, the brother overseas, when you step out of the norm, then things start to be difficult for you. You know, all of a sudden, ain't nothing going right. If it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong. No, it's going wrong for a reason, because you're not home. You're not in your house. Yeah. You don't run this. Yeah. Come on, y'all. This is somebody Wait else's up. house. This is somebody else's house. This is not ours. It's theirs. And and they have let us know this at every turn. But yet and still, we continue to try our damnedest in our belief that we can somehow appeal to a people morally who have no morals. Appeal to a people justly who are incapable of justice, of looking at things objectively and, and, and mediating justice that is not in them. It is not who they are. And we continue to say, this is Urugu. This is who they are. I mean, uh, a brother, I saw a good brother, and he hasn't been on the program quite a while, Brother Ben Njai, Benjamin Njai. And, and, and he said, I don't call the Caucasians devils. I don't call them demons because I don't believe in Christianity. He's Yoruba. He's a Yoruba priest. And he said, but I do call them Urugu. I do call me there's another uh, African name of, of an evil entity or evil spirit. And that's who they are. And they are. That's who they are. Man, and, and see, many of us, uh, because we've had a relationship with a Caucasian who was a decent person and who, who was in your eyesight and in your environment was a nice person, a good person, a righteous person, you know, and, 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 and so we take that and, and, and perceive that most Caucasians are like that. No, they're not. 
Not no, at all. Not at all. You know, <laughs> the vast majority of Caucasians are down for what just happened. To talk about the Supreme Court. No, I don't want to firm, I don't want no, especially no blacks getting any preferential treatment. You know, because when they throw out the idea that this is some kind of meritocracy, that this is some kind of fair and equal, it never has been. There has been 400 years of affirmative action for crackers. They've always had access to jobs, even when their education was lacking and ours was better, but yet and still it is them because it is theirs. But yet and still we believe that, oh, how unfair it is. Can we, you know, and 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 also too we believe in this in criminal ass justice system. AOC. Yeah. The reality is this. Black people love white people more than white people love white people. Some black people black. will never ever ever hurt white people. And that fear if we leave it's them, we will. The white man mm-hmm. uses right. to psychologically control uh, we, All we got to do is leave. And control us. There has never, ever, ever that I can think of been a time when a collective group of black people have went and harmed white people like white people have done us. So Toussaint Lee Overture. Toussaint Lee Overture. Yeah, 1804. Yeah, 1804. Okay, go and after they killed him, what did they do? They balled his black ass and ate him. Think about that. <laughs> Think Toussaint about that. Overture. Yeah. Who the hell cares about Toussaint the oh, Overture? No, no, oh, no, 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 brother. Don't, don't, that's, no. that's why you a slave. No, Jay. Why, why, wasn't that in Haiti? That was in Haiti, yes. Toussaint and Dessalines. But these brothers had the courage. But these, the point of the matter is, just think about, just think about, they caught Turner, killed Turner, bought Turner, and ate Turner. What do that tell you? White folks will never tell you that. White folks will never tell you that. It changed the whole society. It put the fear of God in them. It changed the whole society. It ain't changed those whole society. I didn't society. say it changed the society. I said it put the fear of God in them. Killing white who? The fear don't, put what word, don't put words in my mouth, man. I can don't speak for myself. I said it put. All right, gentlemen. All right, gentlemen. Put, all right, brothers. Okay. I said it put the fear of Jay, Jay, brother. Let's let's be let's be clear. If we're going to if we're going to discuss, we're going to discuss. If we're going to debate, we're going to debate. The real the reality is the, the reality is we are all on the same page. So when we have spirited discussions. It seems like we're going back and forth and we're yeah, arguing, but yeah. it's not an argument. Yeah, don't because make a we're pers- all on the same page. Right, so let's not we're make all, personal attacks. Just because you, I don't go the way you go doesn't mean we're not going to the same place. At the end of the day, it's self-determination. It's liberation. But we have to be able to talk to one another because think about this. 
Why you never heard a white person say, man, I sure got to go deal with these goddamn white people every day when I go to work. You never heard a white person say that. You've never heard a white person say, I got to go deal with these white, this white man. You've ne- you heard black people say it. And why is that? Because they own everything. They, they own-, own your mind. And when we, just, and when we bicker between each other, that, that, just, that just qualifies that. We, I, I, will, I will disagree with you in, in private. I will never disagree with you in public. We're on the radio right now. People are listening to us. And we are not going to be dis- uh, arguing with each other on air. We're not going to do that. No, because no, not like that. No, we can have some. That we, we, when, the, when I turn around, I need you at my back, brother. Yeah. I need you at my side. I don't need you arguing with me, telling me blah, blah. No, this, the fight ain't with you. And it's not all black people. Well, listen, now we got it's another caller. Let you me, never say let, it's all white people. Yeah, let me. You know, let, some white people are good racists. They still racist nonetheless. And I ain't doing no uh, lesser two evil bullshit. Let me, let me. Excuse me for cussing. All right, let me, let me get another <laughs> caller in. Let me, let me get another Stay caller me, in here. Stay with me. We on the, we on the same team. Let me get another caller in here. 404, 404, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Hey, my sister, how you doing? You see all this spirited conversation going on? How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Yeah. So I know I, one of the last comments I heard is that white people don't say they hate to go deal with white people. But um, I, I think we need to uh, keep in mind, white people, be, they're over there killing each other over in Ukraine and in Europe. And white people be killing people, they be killing themselves also. Oh, of course. So, uh, of course. You know, so True. For us to True. say that we are our own worst enemy and, and we just the only ones, you know, doing these hate things, you know, that needs to be, I think that needs to be checked too because well, that's we got to keep, right. uh, keep, keep in mind who the real Urugu and enemy are. Right. And that we are. Uh, a, no, a we're not. Listen, let me say this, Sister Abia. Let me just say this clearly. We are not our own worst enemy. I hate that statement. That's no. what I'm saying. Okay, right. we yeah. are not. We're not an enemy. We have disagreements. We have problems. A lot too. Right, I, I heard but that the enemy, the, you know, the, the enemy of African people are Caucasians. That's the real that's enemy right. of African people. They have shown that. The history has proven right. that. And and the fact that these people, once we study their history recognize that these are very warlike people. They thrive on it. It is something that is in them that they just gotta have. They gotta kill. They gotta control. They gotta dominate. And the problem that we have is that we keep thinking that we can somehow humanize them. We can somehow appeal to them. That's right. You know, because but damn it, we can't. We can't do it. They not there's nothing we can do or say that can change the minds of these sons of bitches. What we got to right. do is change right. our right. mind. It is our mind. So I agree with you, know, dear sister. And, Go and, ahead. And there's a lot of us that are fighting, you know, and are freedom fighters, and they're doing a lot. Now, I was I was really disheartened to hear about the brother, the freedom fighter, Charles Barron. I, I was that was some information that, that that we just heard. And the brother had been uh, on the front line for years and years and years and years, and he did affect. And he did help our people. Damn, people I'm trying to give you a place to walk. This motherfucker walking at an angle. Huh? Huh? You okay, Rich? I'm sorry. That's okay, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Go my ahead. sister. I was, Go ahead. I was, you're right about brother Go ahead, Baron. Sister. I'm sorry. 
that that's just a you know that's uh someone that's doing some powerful freedom work and and when we do work i mean and he was in the this uh legal system so yeah the legal system is corrupt and it's, it's horrific um uh, but we have had some people uh, that have been fighting for us and what, making some positive changes like charles well, see, Sister uh, B, yeah. what Cynthia McKinney, when she was there, sure. she did what she could. Yeah, well, another see, one. That's yeah. another one. See, but and, but but the and, point and being, with all of them, is the fact huh? that the point being with Charles Barron, Sister McKinney, and many other brothers and sisters yeah. who are doing positive things, and 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 Ron got Dillon. a challenge, <laughs> and got a challenge, yeah. and got a challenge from the system using a a a face, a black face, male or female to get rid of them, and yet the real deal is that if we really wanted that person, we should have came out four square and continued to vote them in if the, if we really wanted that strong voice. But because we're it's because of our apathy, called apathy. Jay, you, now, Jay, you took the words right out of my mouth. mouth. It's called yeah, apathy. Yeah, got you. And I know they do things to the, to the election polls and be preventing us from voting and, and you know, uh, messing up the, 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 the voting slot machines and gerrymandering and all that stuff they do. But so, but, but let uh, me tell you what the numbers was. This is well, the thing that's going to bug you out. The numbers, the numbers, the numbers was, now this is going to bug you out. I think it was 30, 100 to 2,500. He lost about 500 votes. So those, so those, but listen, listen, you got, cause you got to understand that those 500 people that went out there and made the margin to get rid of Charles are going to be the same people that's going to be displaced from that community. Probably so. But listen to this, Jay, Jay, answer me this, Jay, 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 answer me this. What? was the total possible electorate in that district? Because I know it was more than 5,000 people. Probably, How many probably around, voters? probably, I would say probably re- registered voters, no maybe words, 12, 12 to 15,000. See, that's bull. Okay, but listen, family, listen, family, you know I got to go. You know I got to go. Wow. So I just want to say to you, yeah. each one of you, there, come back and win again. I mean, I, I, I oh, no, know he won't. So, I mean, we just want to give you two hours. Okay, family. I hear you. I hear you, Rick. He's going to make sure that he keeps the people abreast, number one, on their stupidity and what they did, but also keep a foot on his neck yeah. to make sure that he don't undo right. all the of things the that good he done. that Charles yeah. did and right. didn't get the seat back. And that's what he because should do. Because the guy's going to give away too much. Yeah. Right. Sign off, Jack. Uh, All right. All Baba, right, dear brother. Sign off, and then we can, we'll finish. And Baba Oshi, this thing with HBCUs, maybe we'll talk about it Monday, because it, 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 it sounds like it was just a very yes. terrific put down on HBCUs. They are doing some good things, and we had a lot of awesome, great people going there and doing some things. And what do we tell? Why don't we build them up and lift them up? What, what are you talking about, HBCUs? What's that about? I mean, I, HBCUs. I, I heard they were saying HBCUs are terrible, and uh, people shouldn't go to the HBCUs because they're only doing so much for 
the right people. They, I said HBCU trained black people to serve uh, white people. I didn't say over the soccer. I said they train them. They train them to serve white people, ma'am. That's what they do. That's it's a fact. That's, that's it's what they do. A that's, that's fact. What they do. They serve okay. And it's a fact that there's those that's training them to do some other things too. Look at Mama Marimba. I need. Look at, uh, well, she's not at an ACBU. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. Sign off, Ocean. Sign off. Mute everybody, Ocean. Sign off. I gotta go. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants. Think they can't do without and don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful weekend. Be safe out there. Make sure you hydrate. Shimhotep, that means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier means our victorious destiny. Family, we will be victorious. See you on 4th of July. Monday, we'll talk about the 4th of July. All right.